everybody. Uh, welcome back. We're here uh, talking about episode 205 of Better Call Saul. I'm Kelly Dixon. Uh, I'm one of the editors on the show. And I'm joined as well with my co-host, Chris McCaleb. How's it going? Thanks for coming over. How's the walking, Fear of the Walking Dead going? Zombie-rific. <laughs> We're actually almost finished over here, I think. Um, it, it's funny because we started, uh, when, when we started these podcasts, um, I said, you know, it's great. We're going to start so early. We'll get them done. And that never, that didn't happen. So we're um, probably on, I don't even know what week of posts we're on, but um, we're finishing up episode uh, 209 and 210 right now um, for about another week, week and a half. So let's get to it. Uh, here, here with Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, creators of the show. Hey, hey, hey. I like that one. I had yeah. done that for a while. <laughs> hey. Uh, we're here with uh, writer Ann Cherkis. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing Thanks great. Thanks for coming. Thank Podcast you. Virgin. That's right. This is my first one. <laughs> and uh, we're here with uh, actress Ray Seahorn. What part do you play again? I play Kim Waxley, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Uh, I'm going to, this is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to let Chris uh, run a little bit more point on this one because I'm not feeling well today. I was up all night. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> What were you doing up all night? You You look good. That's all that matters. That's right. Thanks. No, I was up all night just trying to sleep, basically. I was was just not feeling well. But anyway. We're um, at Kelly's house right now. Yeah, right. We're here. We're going to talk about episode 205. This one actually has a title. Um, You guys have started to put titles on the show. Let uh, the writer of the episode say the title. Yes. So the title of 205, which I just recently learned, is called Rebecca. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, you say it that way. It doesn't. It, it doesn't sound like such a group effort, does it? <laughs> oh, sorry. Just chalk it up to the fact that I've never done this before. No, that's okay. It's all good. It's, uh, this one is called Rebecca, and uh, I guess it's called Rebecca because we meet Rebecca in it. We meet uh, mm-hmm. um, Chuck's uh, Chuck's wife. Rebecca. Yeah, Chuck Rebecca had a played, wife. Yeah, played by or has played a wife. Married. I don't know. Played yeah. wonderfully by Ann Cusack, who's who's yeah. just spectacular, yeah. and, and who's yeah absolutely wonderful actress who uh, who we never as usual we never did you meet her I never got to meet no, her no I've never met her this it's such an interesting and this is uh, something to to include Ray in talking about it's it used to be when I started with this business you did you would audition the actors in person and now everything you're watching everything on a little. Uh, yeah, a little screen on your computer or your laptop or something. You're watching all the auditions. They're pre-taped by the. Uh, they're taped by the, uh, the 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 casting folks. And right, then you and sometimes self-tapes. A lot of self-tapes well, these true. days that too. True. People, Especially if you're not in that area. You're exactly right. And we have hired people off of a tape, basically a selfie video they've mm-hmm. made of themselves with their iPhone or whatnot. And it's yeah. it's a different world now. It is. That's crazy. So so having said all of that, we never met uh, we never met Ann uh, Cusack. Uh, who who plays Rebecca and she's just wonderful. She's listening. Uh, and you did a wonderful, wonderful job. And uh, it's so just great. it's weird though nowadays. You don't you don't meet folks. Uh, do you like that? I mean, I, as an actor, I I I, ha- I know actors that do the self tapes and and stuff like that. And they um they're like, well, that's eventually the product they're going to see. They want to know what I translate on camera and stuff. But for me, I'm like I miss being in the room. I like to meet people. I like to be able to ask notes and talk I to do them. too. And I miss it. But I will say, if I'm being brutally honest 
the good the good side of it is that it saves a lot of time. It's, it's true. Yeah, it you're getting a to lot see more people that you might not have. That's true. Yeah, you see more people. You don't have to. Well, just the travel time. That's you know, true. you don't have to. When we were on X Files, all we had to do was walk across the parking lot mm-hmm. to to uh, Rick Milliken's uh, bungalow, mm. and and he had all the casting there. But the early days of Breaking Bad, we would have had to drive. You know, from uh, from the valley to Culver City, and that right. it just it would we couldn't have made the show. What though. I remember about Breaking Bad is that when we originally opened the Breaking Bad office, that was one of the thoughts was that we would have casting there in the writers' room. Yeah, that they oh. would that we would close the writers' room and move all the writers into another room, or possibly all do casting together in that room, and it never happened. Yeah, I don't. We would still be we'd still be working on season three. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty great well, season though. I Walt, mean, you, yeah. Walt and Jesse would still be in the RV yeah. if we had done it that way. <laughs> so to answer your question, I guess there's good and bad about it. Yeah, but, right. But also, you, yeah. you well, not everybody, I guess, but some people just dispense with the niceties pretty quickly. But I always like talking to the actor first when they came in i say actor uh gender uh non-specified i say actor i don't say actress okay all right so i don't think there's a paintress yeah i think it's Mm. a craft you do yeah that's all yeah that makes sense so i'm gonna get hate mail it it makes (laughs) sense Uh, but uh i you know when the actor comes in uh i like i like bullshitting with him a bit to put him at ease Mm -hmm. because i think that's what i would want but then i realized not too long ago, <laughs> it took a long time oh, to realize no, it. <laughs> a lot of them are just—they're all set to go. They're like Sometimes, like a coiled yeah. spring, ready to, and they don't want to bullshit for ten minutes. They've been pushing on the wall outside, ready, yeah. ready to, ready yeah. to come and in. I, yes. And I feel bad for messing them up and uh, messing up their rhythm. But so, that's you know, a, yet another good reason why it's probably just as well to watch it on. There's good and bad so, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. But you also want to, you know, there's chemistry. And that's, I mean, mm. that was we, that was one of the great luxuries of casting you to begin with, Ray, was that we got to be in the same room with you and see you with Bob. Yeah. And, and that was, uh, it, that was invaluable. Yeah. 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 And yet, as a final test, uh, you didn't have 300 executives come in there, which some some tests, some final, and a test for anybody that doesn't know is the final stages of an audition when you get up to passing studio and then up to network. And yeah. that, forget, that's not the, the joy yeah. of being in the room. That's 300 people with yeah. notepads and suits, and that's hard. That's well, hard, and yeah, I was very yeah. happy to not, not not do it that way. AMC doesn't have 300 executives. That's one, <laughs> and that's one of the things <laughs> we love Charlie about Charlie and them. Jeans. No, I'm just And Sony is a big, big company. Sony's but it, awesome. But it doesn't, but it doesn't feel like they have. They probably do have three hundred executives, but they're never all in the room at the same no, time. No, and they're one. And so they're very. Good. They're a very supportive audience. Yeah, um, both the AMC people and the um, Sony people. And by audience, I mean like when you are doing the audition. Yeah. They they want you to be great until you prove otherwise. Yeah, and that's not always the element in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. So that's Anne, how you liking working on uh, Better Call Saul? It's ama- It's amazing. It's my dream job. It's my dream job. It's been incredible so far. And uh, I mean, I will, I will admit that um, when I first started in season two, um, I was fairly terrified. Uh, I hope I hit it well. <laughs> um, but it's, it's you did. I did. You did. Oh, good. Okay. Had you been a fan of Breaking Bad? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, Better Call Saul, because I saw all of season one just as a fan before I started working here. So. How did you get the phone call? Oh, um, well, I was driving, it was December, I believe, to a year ago, this past December, and I was driving home, uh, I think from the dentist, actually, and I got a call in the car from my agent saying, uh, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould want to meet with you. 
And I, you know, out of the blue, and I was really okay, uh, great. And they said, "Can you be there in an hour?" So I wow. said, um, "I'll move some things around." God, wait a minute, seriously? We only gave you that much time. And you were coming from the dentist. But I said, "Of course." And what I, you may or may not remember, is that I met you, Vince, eight years ago. No, I do remember okay, that. Okay. I, yeah. Do you want to tell that story? Sure. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I uh, sat down with Vince and Melissa Bernstein uh, to uh, potentially staff on the first season of Breaking Bad. That's right. So, and I remember I, they showed me the pilot and I loved it and I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. And I went in and I had a meeting and it was before, you know, it was the first season. Yeah. So no one knew, you know, what it was going to become of course and I had I you know I had a great meeting I mean you Vince of course are great at making people feel comfortable and I thought oh, oh this good. is fantastic See, in the room no yeah. it is yeah. I mean yeah, because yeah. you know you're always a little bit nervous and and uh, and you know I left the meeting and I thought okay I think that that went okay and uh, you know as it turned out I, I did not get on that you know I did not get staffed. It was very very close. Well, it, it I really was. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I mean you know it's the first year of a, sh a cable show and so I'm sure the staff is very small and you know and so I said okay well and I've been on so many of those meetings to get on staff. It so. could have just as easily gone the other way and <laughs> and, and uh, Pete. Peter, uh, uh, you know, because uh, I hired no. Peter that year. Yeah, I, I no. If that if that well, hadn't I'm happened, I'd be I'd be I'd be, un, I'd be under a bridge. And was and was uh, and was and was highly successful on other shows. Uh, but but I would have I would have been I would have been I would have been asleep under I would have been asleep under some newspapers under an overpass. So that makes me doors. Yeah, that makes me that makes me feel good. I'm glad I'm glad that I could help you, Peter. Anne wrote a great great episode. You were wonderful in it, Thank and John Scheiben directed mm -hmm. this episode Love him. and did a wonderful yeah. job. Wonderful hey, John Scheiben. Hey yeah. He's from your Breaking Bad family, yeah. Yes, I've known John <coughs> since. Writing, right? Yeah, uh, I and met. The X Files, right? And, oh, and the X Files. Okay. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, I met John I uh, in 1995, I think, uh, when I first got to the X Files. Hmm. He was when I got there mid-season because I came in mid-season. Speaking of Ann's story, uh, I came in mid-season season. season well, I, I did a I did a one off episode season two, late season two, but I came in full time mid season three. Oh, my bad. And, to tell uh, you what you did. Well, no, no it, I'm you, just a super as a staff fan, writer. You know that I'm the a truth super is, fan. I forget so much. You'd probably there's a good chance you'd be right, I'm and I'd be wrong. Just a super fan. But uh, it was uh, yeah, met John. Uh, uh, had the office next door to him, and uh, he was uh, finishing up an episode called The Walk. He's a good guy, and he's a he's a great director. Yeah, he did a I great job with this. We and were, Kelly uh, direct, uh, edited uh, Kelly edited the hell out yes. of this one. Uh, yep. Kelly and Chris both, right? I didn't. I have. I had nothing to do with it. Okay, All I'm right. a big fan of it though. <laughs> John, I'm so I'm I saw so, it. It's great. I'm so grateful to John because he was, as I recall, and as I recall in Breaking Bad, he was the first person out of the writer's room to direct an episode of Breaking Bad. Oh, really? And, and he, yeah, well, besides, besides you, yeah. besides yeah. you, besides you. And uh, he came in and directed the hell out of an episode. And uh, that, I felt like he kind of opened uh, opened the possibility uh, for the rest of us. Hmm. Or at least the at one least where he the Winnebago got crushed. Yeah. Yes, and it was, oh, it's, really? a wonderful, yeah. it's a wonderful episode. And I thought he did, uh, it's, it's also... Uh, 
one of the great Super Lab episodes uh, with one of the great montages. Uh, now, was he? Did he write it too? Was he directing one that he wrote or directing yes, somebody else? Yes, he did. He wrote and directed it, and that was. And I thought, wow, you, you had a you, great Saul Goodman scene in that's it too, true. where, he, where Saul true. Goodman says. It, uh, uh, Walt says, uh, "Yeah, you know the the, the DEA is here." And he says, "Well, why don't, you, why don't you blow up the what? It doesn't. The, what does your Winnebago have a self destruct mechanism? <laughs> the USS Enterprise has a self destruct mechanism. I'm just saying." It's, it's the first of our run of Star <laughs> Trek references. Walt is like, oh, shut up." <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, was but I was so grateful that John did. John just tore it up, tore up that episode, and did, did such a great job that it gave, that was one of the things that. Uh, that gave me the uh, the impetus between seasons to, to give you a call and say, gee, I would really love to direct one next season. To so which was, I said, fuck off. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You did. Back and in the yet, room. And yeah. Back, back under the, the bridge. <laughs> back under the bridge. Yeah. So, yes, but somehow somehow I snuck in. I, I, had, I had to chloroform chloroform one of the directors for uh, for season four. And I got you did a great that's job. That's a great episode, great, too. Great director. So, uh, yeah. Well, how, how was that decided in the room that that this would be sort of – the point of the season where Kim was kind of coming up and, you know, I say she's, I saved me. That was that from two four. I can't remember whatever. No, no, that, that's like, this episode. Yeah, that, that is that's like, Oh, that's, this Ooh, it's yeah. so, it's like, fuck. Yeah. She saves herself. Yeah. She doesn't need you, Jimmy. Yeah. Get out of here. That's I love that. This, how was it? How was that? I, I mean, how did I, that happen? Did I, it just happen naturally? I, I think it was, it was natural. natural. Uh, I think, well, what, you know, if you look at the way the season begins, Jimmy really messes up Kim's career. Uh, he, you know, in, in so many ways, they, they're linked together. And then uh, he he just messes things up for her worse and worse. And then we were in this situation. Well, what, what is she going to do? Is she going to is she going to quit uh, HHM? Uh, is she is she the, is she going to be the damsel in distress? And, and Jimmy's going to have to rescue I voted her for that. Yeah, that was that was what we were. Yeah, we were. We <laughs> I were don't train Yes, and Peter outvoted. And, 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 and well, and, and, and I think we all felt we all felt that there's something about this character that she's uh, she's a, a a struggler. She's a striver just as much as Jimmy is. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a yeah. lot of she's got a lot of mojo. She's got a lot of bounce back. Which is something I think we all love about her, and one of the things I love about this episode and the way Anne wrote it, the way John directed it, is you're actually I'm when I watch it, and hopefully the audience will be too. I'm completely invested in whether a lawyer is able to get business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 that's it's, true. It's about the ep- so much of the episode, and and Kim's focus is on cold calling. Yeah, which in mm. real life is one of the most difficult things in the world to do. And you, your performance, cold calling these folks, and and the way Anne laid it out, and the yeah. way John mm-hmm. John laid it out, it's it's so great. And I, I think it's yeah. I, I've never I've never seen anything like that. Uh, usually, when people are struggling that much, it's usually because they've got a terrible disease or because they've got mm-hmm. a gun to their head, or they've got to save the planet from aliens. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And we'll, well, we'll, I get mean, to that. we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's She's, also that door-to-door salesman kind of thing that you don't think exists anymore, but it does in many careers. She's got to get out of that timeout dungeon. Yeah, that's right. That's, on, that is so she's great. She's on punishment. That's true. Yeah. The doc review set is insane. I love that. That's a, yeah, let's talk gorgeous. about that. That's a saint. That that's a set. Love that is that a set. set. You that, didn't have to pretend. I mean, like you're the part of the acting prep before you go in of like you know keep in mind your environment and how that affects you. Like you didn't have to. You didn't have to fake anything. Yeah, I mean, it really felt. It really looked like a cement it basement. So yeah, isn't it? and it, they did. Yeah. yeah, he did a great, great job. Tony, Tony Fanning. Fanning. Crew. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, and uh, I mean, even just me being on the set, walking on it, and 
standing in mm -hmm. it. It was uh, it was very real. And I mean, I've been in law firms before, and it's uh, it felt really real. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. sort of sad. It was sad and and uh, otherworldly. And the, I remember saying to them that um, it was it reminded me of Brazil, one of my favorite. Yes. Movies, yeah. Yeah. Like, I kept Definitely. wanting to pull my desk through yes. the wall to yeah. fight with somebody. <laughs> we, you know, we sharing did, one we desk. Did, we did talk about yes, Brazil. My girlfriend Holly. It's one of her very favorite movies. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. We, talk we talked about that. about that in the. Uh, yeah. There's the elements of Saul's office, too, that remind me of that um, that kind of beautiful Terry Gilliam stuff and yeah. things like that. He's, but it's its brilliant. own thing. There's a yeah. grit to this one that I, I love. I think originally the, the original idea for the set was a little bit, uh, it was a little, not quite as narrow and not quite as long. And then mm. Tony expanded and lengthened it. And he's got these right. all these great converging lines. And it was Brazil, absolutely. We were mm. thinking about that too. Mm. But on the other hand, we want, it was a tricky thing to handle because we wanted, as Anne said, we wanted to make it feel real. Yeah. We didn't want to break the reality of the yeah. show, but we also wanted the set. And this is kind of unusual for us because we wanted this set uh, to convey a certain circumstance, a certain emotion, yeah. uh, which we don't. Usually our sets, mm -hmm. uh, they have to serve a lot of different different tones. And yeah. this one had one specific tone that it had, it had to serve us. It was a prison. I, I, it was, Absolutely. It was, it was wonderful. Oh, yeah, it's like a law prison yeah. for yeah. sure. That's right. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, and, and of course, Arthur Albert uh, uh, and Steve Latecki lit it beautifully. Oh, yeah. It's beautifully, oh, yeah. beautifully lit. So. And they never turned the overhead fluorescence on. No That's right. They're time. just set dressing. I mean, I guess suppose they they're wired to work, but they never. Yeah, you're right. They just left them off. And and we talked briefly with Tony about the possibility of doing it as a forced perspective set. Mm -hmm. and, oh. he, and he said, which is where the you know it's right it's, more like theater, yeah. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. where exactly. It's uh, it's it's for instance, as instead of a rectangle, it's more of a trapezoid. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. narrower at the mm -hmm. far end, so that it looks like the distances are even longer. And he, Tony, knows way more about this than we do he rightly said that is kind of a theater set and it's you can do that in movies if you're only going to shoot it from the one direction right. oh right but oh, if yeah, you want to shoot it from the other direction <laughs> you, you probably better if we just make the yes. whole thing longer yeah kim, kim will look like <laughs> yeah. she's in alice in wonderland if you yeah. start from another direction because yeah. i'll be in a tiny chair yeah. in the far end and we would have cast we would have cast shorter people in the right. distance like nine smaller kims do you guys want to talk about the break for Ch the teaser i mean you know you guys have uh, yeah. chuck's wife who we've never i mean we don't know that story that's and right we're getting a very little snippet in. i think jenny hutchison gave us a little clue to her name if you look real closely in, uh, I can't remember if episode. we talked. To, yeah, episode two. two. If we, if we, I can't remember who we was talking about in the podcast. Rebecca Bois, the name mm. written, the name handwritten. She did talk about that yeah. on the piano music or what? Is yeah, on, the, on the sheet music. Sheet yeah. music yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, when Chuck's playing in the teaser, yeah. So, uh, so now we meet this. Uh, but I mean, what made you guys decide? I mean, when you guys were saying in the first eight weeks or whatever, and you're in the writers' room, you're deciding what's going to happen for the season. You know what? What? How did this come about? What was the genesis of, and why? These are excellent questions that I, I can't honestly remember the I answer. Either. Well, I think I remember. I remember some of it. I think part <laughs> a part of it. And Anne, you tell me yeah. if you remember it too. Is that we were very Chuck. We think we think the audience probably hates Chuck. Uh, Chuck is, is Chuck because he's he's our experience tells us uh, because he's. Uh, He's he's trouble for our hero Jimmy. And he really that, stuck it to Jimmy. He really at the end stuck of it to one. Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're still we're still interested in him as a human being. We want to understand understand this guy better and, and get into his head. 
and understand how he feels about Jimmy in a more uh, in a more visceral way. And that's one of the things I think this this episode was uh, we were trying to do. And I think I think it I think it works great. I think and and really pulled it off was to show what Chuck lost. And, yeah. and you know, I think mm. when you when you see uh, Ann Cusack playing Rebecca, you say, wow, this this guy really had um, he had something. He had a, a relationship with this woman that was really worth uh, fighting for. And also, I, I, to me, when I watch it, you see that maybe he just, maybe he loves her maybe just a little touch more than she loves. Certainly he expresses it more. Yeah. He's a little bit more worried about. Anyway, that's the way I, I felt like it was about it's, uh, sympathy for the devil in some ways. And just well, to and understand, understand, understand where Chuck's coming from. And their, their relationship, I mean, instantly feels so comfortable and casual mm-hmm. that just they're having just kind of a very casual conversation. But like you said, he has so much love going at her yeah. and she feels so comfortable and warm in that environment that it really does make you feel, oh, shit, he really he he lost a lot. Yeah. And not just her, but his health. I mean, he's mentally healthy right. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's electricity. There's electricity yeah. on. There's right. a stereo playing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, they've been on vacation. They mention yeah. how, yeah. you know, yeah. They have so. a rich life. They had Yo-Yo Ma at their wedding. Right. For God's sake. That's and right. And something happened and Jimmy couldn't be there. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know what. Wait till we, we, we do a know. special wedding episode with, <laughs> with guest star Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Jimmy uh, telling the, the lawyer jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what, was, what was that day like? Was that fun coming up with lawyer jokes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, my father is a lawyer. What he's, He doesn't practice anymore. And... Uh, is this going to piss your dad off? No, not at all. He's, <laughs> he was very excited. Um, but... I mean, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I just, we, you know, there are, if you go online, I mean, there are lists and lists and lists of lawyer jokes. There are so many, as, as Jimmy says, that he's been in the mailroom a week and he's heard over 100 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just about sort of finding the best ones or the ones that fit that particular yeah. scene. Um, so you didn't try to write them yourself? Oh no! So I wouldn't. Oh, no. I wouldn't have either because no. I don't think I've ever read, written a joke in my life. Me, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Me neither. It's yeah. d- that is not where my strengths lie. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't even begin to do that. Um, but you know, there were there were some pretty good ones. Yeah, there's some good you know, ones in and there. certainly having Bob Odenkirk deliver them helped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that rapid fire. That yeah, rapid that's fire. the best thing about so, it. Yes. Yeah. You, and you yeah. see why you see why Rebecca would really like him. Yeah. You know that he's yeah. he is lively and vulnerable and funny and, and uh, just so eager to please. And they I both mean, seem very cultured. And they yes. seem to have like a very rich yes. life, a social life. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I remember when we were talking in the room about well, what does she do for a living? Um, you know, I think what we landed on was perfect because it, it, it did speak to their sophistication as a couple. And also, you know, this, it, it felt real that this would be a woman who Chuck would be attracted to and someone who he would respect. And, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting to discuss, like, what kind of woman, you know, would Chuck want to marry? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was interesting. But what I, I also really like, and I think that this, um, this teaser uh, shows us is um, it's not necessarily the very first time that Chuck feels jealous towards 
right. towards uh, yeah towards his brother but we do it has a little bit of an origin feeling to it that he you mm. know because he's just uh, as I as I remember uh Jimmy got out of jail not that long before yeah. this happened yeah. and for Chuck to realize and he probably realized it when they were kids that you know I can't make people laugh the way that he does yeah. people and just like him more people than they like just like right mm. and why I'm so much more substantial that's right yeah yeah <laughs> but you know he's he's a really uptight guy he is and yeah. uh, Jimmy is the life of the party no. And so we get to see that. And, you know, and this is 10 years prior to the beginning of, I guess, the timeline of the first season, yeah. right? Which is why the whole uh, teaser is done in that uh, bleached bypass look. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a tricky look. It's, it's, a, it's a look that we started off with Jimmy in jail in, mm. uh, in season one. What year and was that? No. Th wow. and, and, and it's wow. a look that we started off with Jimmy. And it was, that was so, it looked great in the jail. And here we are, here we are in this, in this warm this warm house setting so we had to we had to uh uh do do some subtle subtle things to kind of uh keep the feel of it but also also keep the uh the feel of the house and the relationship between uh yeah. uh chuck and rebecca right Absolutely. so there you go mm -hmm. i love in those i want and watch those um scenes and i love what uh, you wrote and how they played it and um how it was directed that you, like you said, there's the sympathy for the devil, and even though it might seem petty, the type of jealousy you're seeing Chuck mm -hmm. experience in those, we all know that. We've all been mm -hmm. the person who's, you're cultured, and you're, and in this case, Chuck is cultured and intelligent, and I have so much in common with my wife, but in that moment, I just wanted to be likable, and no matter how hard he's trying, his brother's more likable. Yeah. And more effortlessly. And more yeah. Effortlessly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to make a pretty lady laugh, that's a big deal for that's a big deal. That's right. Yeah, and he's, he's, uh, his brother could do it better than he can. Yeah. Although immediately after this, he's he's unable to make a pretty lady smile even a little. As we, as we, as we move Kim. forward, yeah, with yes. Kim. As he well, as speaking of which, a, a excellent segue, Chris. <laughs> oh, I, I, no, I was trying to move us no, no, I hear you. I hear you. You're just trying to move us away from the math, and you know it. <laughs> Try to get through this Guilty podcast in less than 10 hours. <laughs> uh, how big a deal is it, do you think, that um, I mean, because we went back and forth in the writers' room, he he uh, I mean that he really has gotten uh, Jimmy has really gotten Kim in Dutch, mm -hmm. and the worst thing I think, from my point of view, is that he just flat out lied to her face. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, two episodes back when they were watching uh, Ice Station Zebra, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess this is something more to talk about for podcast number four episode four and uh little uh little uh how they make the sausage we haven't actually recorded that one yet but uh <laughs> but it's uh it's like is, is that forgivable in your mind that she would he would do that to her he would lie? i absolutely agree that that's that's the, the the biggest issue um is that this is not a i didn't understand my consequences situation which i think they probably have hashed out before when yeah. it affects her and her career um you lied. You know. You knew you were lying, and you lied, um, even by omitting. Mm -hmm. And I also think Kim is probably someone. This is less than that offense, but I don't appreciate being put in the position. Oh, yeah. Kim doesn't appreciate the position of um, being caught with your pants down. Like oh, yeah. at least warn me oh, yeah. <laughs> before yeah. I walk in there. Um, which we see him make that sad, desperate phone call, and she doesn't pick up right before she goes yeah. into the firing squad. But uh, is it forgivable? Um, I think that uh, I've always thought that Jimmy was as much Kim's confidant as she is 
his and um I don't think it's a constant one way teaching him um this is good and bad and all of this I I get asked sometimes sorry I'm talking in circles but uh his Jimmy's ability to get Kim to realize things are not just black and white and it isn't just good and bad um and that sometimes there are personal vendettas and this kind of stuff uh, yeah. is as important to her growth. And so there's these, there's these lines in the sand and lying, sh- lying to her face is more in the personal category. I'm not making that much sense, but for no, me, I was trying sense. to figure yeah. out like what she can put up with keeps changing, but it, Mm-hmm. But it's also changing because of who she is. It's yeah. not so much about like, all right, I'll just lay down and let this guy walk all over me. Right. I feel like she's changing at the same pace, and her parameters of what's acceptable is also getting shifted. In, in yeah. that in that moment, yeah. though, I absolutely agree that the lie the lie is the biggest problem, and that's why yeah. I thought you guys did her a great service and the character a great service that um, it wasn't fine in the next scene. I was so happy that, oh. like, you know what I mean? It's and, not and fine at all. It's not I mean, fine. He, it's not fine at all. Right. And it's not as black and white as like now we're breaking up. And uh, no, yeah. it's just I need to I need to sit to force somebody to just sit in the feeling of what they did. I think is more important than being dramatic about it in the moment. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, well it sense. felt very real. Her reaction, and it's true. And we I remember talking about. Well, you know, we were talking about in the room. Are they broken up? What's what, where? Where are they? What's their relationship status? How do we respect her if she puts up with this crap? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I really like the way it it all turned out because it just felt very authentic. Yes, there's something about to me. Kim always, I you guys mentioned this earlier. Um, I always thought there was something scrappy about her as well. There's mm-hmm. a there oh, yeah. is a slight desperation to how much she needs to hang on to this opportunity to get ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and in that moment, you know, it's it's at HHM and being given this chance. And I never thought of her as starting in the mailroom as like an intern out of college. It, it's it's later in life in a way mm-hmm. as, as is Jimmy's start in it. And there's something about both of them that is uh, scrappy yeah. and um, really will dig yourself out of any hole. And so, the lie is horrible, but I do remember thinking if there was any, any glimmer in that that's not like, just don't ever speak to me again, that it had to do with, I understand, I think she has some understanding of what, of the survivalist instinct. What goes down in yeah. Jimmy's head oh. when he thinks there's no other way out mm-hmm. and he doesn't oh. think ahead enough steps. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. well, and and yeah. she also knows well Jimmy important. well enough to know that in his mind, this made thing. sense, yeah, and because it, 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 it does on paper, he's right, even yeah. though he's wrong, because yeah, yeah. what he did has have yeah. consequences for especially for Kim, yeah, but uh, and all the other people around him, yeah. yeah. She I, never the intention, the intention does matter to her, right? And that's where you allow that character to maintain some respect. I, I gotcha. think um, I gotcha, and still li- deal with it. Is it something akin to well, he just can't help himself? So he's so I guess I'll forgive him. It's is it, it's just more nuanced than that. I think that's part of it, but yeah. I think it like I said, I think it's a survivalist instinct that some part of her understands um, yeah. that uh, in the moment. But she, not not in the sense that she would do that herself. Do you think you would? Uh, do you think Kim would do that herself in, in the same situation? It felt in that moment that Kim probably has uh, a short list of things that are off limits and lying to someone's face that you care about is probably on that list. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, so it is incredibly painful in that moment that yeah. he's not on the same page as me yeah, with yeah, that, yeah. that gotcha. we're not going to treat a couple of things as sacred. Gotcha. Mm. Oh. Wow. 
Yeah, that's how it felt to me. We, yeah. we talked a lot about it. We even talked in the editing room about cutting the scene in uh, episode three a little differently so that he doesn't come back to the couch and and do that thing. Oh, hey, oh, thanks, Cliff. Oh, you know, when the guy's already hung yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, no, great. We, but we, there was actually no way to cut it that way, and it was too late to reshoot anything. I think it's. I think it's. Oh, like, you I considered think, having it not be an yes. outright lie? Yeah, because yeah, it's just it, not it, talking it about start, it. Yes. It started to scare me in the editing room, thinking, well, this is unforgivable. How do you? This is such a shit thing to do on his part. It's one thing to get her in Dutch with her boss just because he's he doesn't seem to understand well you know we're all interconnected here i mean you know if i do whatever i do at my uh law firm 50 miles north in santa fe you know it's well how does that affect uh he doesn't realize all the all the political all the moving parts here all the politics but uh, yeah but, but he's that outright lie is something it, as a, a step beyond not, you know and there's yeah. there's a difference between uh wanting to be involved with someone for better or for worse and totally trusting them and you kind of and that's i, I think so much of this episode uh, especially when when i watch it uh and i watch what what uh what chuck says to kim i'm really wondering how she's taking that what mm -hmm. is what is that what does that mean to her that she mm -hmm. hears this she hears this story mm -hmm. uh which maybe does it have the ring of truth? I, You're I, talking does, about the story. The story the that Chuck tells about Jimmy okay. and their and their great father, scene. father's corner yes. store, yeah, and and you you and Michael are so wonderful in that scene, and Thank there's you. so much, so wonderful little power things that happen in that 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 Anne wrote with Chuck getting you want some coffee? Well, how about getting some for me? I love that. <laughs> I know. Such that's a great. great. No, 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 your reaction yes. is yeah. so perfect. And I'm going to give a little more behind the scenes stuff. As we record this, Ray obviously uh, shot this episode. She's in it. She's, she's fantastic in it. Uh, but she hasn't actually seen it No, yet. I haven't. I'm trying so, to remember the things that everyone's talking about. So that scene at the end when you have been through so much crap uh, mm -hmm. Your character's been so, through so much crap uh, leading up to this episode and, and in this episode. And then to add insult to injury, you're there, you've been there for like 24 hours straight. And, and uh, there's this, you know, this, this guy in his office, uh, Chuck's in his office, and he says, uh, you know, how about some coffee? And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, no thanks. Yeah, but could you get me something? <laughs> your your, your so, reaction is so to a lawyer. Perfect. Yeah. One lawyer, look my lawyer to another. It's Would you please so get me some coffee? Perfect. Your reaction is so yeah. perfect because it it's just know. it's such a tightrope. I don't know what I did. Well, <laughs> it, it's so perfect because it's because he's the boss and you can't you can't just say you can't show your utter. Uh -huh. like, I'm just I I don't, I'm ready to go on a killing spree, you know. Yeah. I'm ready I'm ready to just jump off no. the bridge. Well, and, and yeah, she still she, needs something yeah, from yeah. him. Yeah, right. so going you back can't, to the lie thing, there's something very cutthroat ambitious yeah. about yeah, yeah. about Kim too. Yeah. But you can't show the boss what mm -hmm. you're feeling, so you can't let it leak out and yet just enough of it leaks out <laughs> that, the, that I'm watching, I'm like, Oh god, that was perfect. Oh, that, that, that really it, but and, and then it, he turns it again kinda sorta. He takes he 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 saves himself just a little bit, not much. It's still pretty shitty, but but he's he's got the excuse of why well, I can't be around electricity. But then it's he'll so make two cups. Let's talk. So then right. it, it segues into that great scene mm -hmm. that Anne wrote. That uh, the whole thing's great. But that that scene with Michael, you and Michael, because you guys hadn't really had a scene before this together, had no. you? Yeah. No, no, no. You there's some. I think there's talk and a definite presumption that um she must have met him possibly even been to his house yeah. since since he left the firm i mean obviously she was around him yeah, when he was yeah. at the firm but um you have the one scene in the hospital in season one yes but that's mm -hmm. about but I meant, it like right? conscious oh yeah right conscious <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah i think she's yeah. yeah um but even in those hospital scenes the way those were written um i was 
explaining this the other day to someone that like that was another jigsaw puzzle piece where I was like where exactly is this relationship with Chuck and um she there's a tremendous amount of respect for him but um her moral and ethical respect for him has has been on the decline <laughs> for a while right. um and <laughs> it's an, and it was also juxtapos- a great juxtaposition that in that scene um there is this huge question of is he is he lying or is he not? Yeah. What does Kim believe or not mm-hmm. believe? Um, am I telling the truth when I say Jimmy's never told me much about his father? Because I just say no, not much. Um, I don't. I personally don't. Uh, <laughs> you can cut this out if you want to. But I personally don't think that's true at all. Um, <laughs> I think you may be right. Although I'll be honest, I don't think we're a hundred percent sure ourselves. But I, I have a feeling they've they've talked more about those kind of things. I, I have yeah. the same feeling you have. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because in the episode where they are watching the movie and it becomes clear that there's yeah. something wrong with Kim's relationship with her dad and that sh- Jimmy knows about it yeah. and it has been yeah. discussed. I thought in that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kim would ever be the first person to divulge anything. Yeah. Jimmy must have talked about his dad first. Yeah. That's yeah. why I did that yeah. backwards math on that. Yeah. But mm. at any rate, by the time I got to the scene with Chuck, I loved so many things about it was it helps me see how Kim could ever forgive Jimmy for lying to her face because in that moment, she's seeing yet another example of why Jimmy is actually the least duplicitous person in her life. Everyone wants to call him the con man, but he is, mm. for the most part, he is what he says he is to me. Um, except that moment, which is so raw. Yeah. And then here's uh, Chuck, who's supposed to be the pillar of justice and ethics and uh, morality, and he has not turned out to be that um, to yeah. me, but yeah. I need his help. He thinks he's helping me, but yeah. it's all with his huge agenda that's yeah. very strange and um, I think unfair on many levels to yeah. be telling Kim this, to be telling your employee this. Yeah. Um, you know that I need to get out of the dungeon. Um, I'm in a very uncomfortable position, and he's enjoying his power in that moment um oh wow interesting way to look at it so so do you think do you think do you think that kim completely discounts the story that chuck tells her not at all Mm -mm. it's hard i think she's i think she's struggling with it and another thing that i love 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 in that scene is that you see that kim's position of power is a skill set that she learned i think another survivalist skill set is not a position of weakness or being on the peripheral to not say anything mm-hmm. has extreme power around a bunch of people that talk a lot and that's hmm. chuck and Jimmy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> something yeah. to keep in mind as we go forward well, yeah and i <laughs> you know what i mean just let yeah. go yeah just let them talk and yeah. i think and you yeah. see and and michael mckean has um then incredibly sweet because i think he's just doing this brilliant job in it and i had to remind myself be kim in the scene don't be an audience member at the most amazing mm-hmm. black box theater performance of Michael McKean doing a monologue as Chuck. I was like, this is so good. Um, it is a great monologue. It's so great. But, he does uh, so good at it. Yeah, so. But as he said, and he knows I believe the same, um, there, there are no monologues. There's always a scene. There's a, mm-hmm. it's, you always have a scene partner. And if you forget that, you're screwed. Oh, that's mm-hmm. an interesting There are point. no mm-hmm. monologues. Even yeah. if you have direct address to the audience, mm-hmm. um, they are your scene partner. And if you forget that, you will do a scenery chewing emotive self-indulgent performance Mm -hmm. um and so michael's has talked about that scene and told me he thought he would get something entirely different from kim Hmm. and literally when rehearsing it and practicing at home we would he would think about um you know you don't want to overly plan you want to be surprised in the moment but he thought there would be certain beats that had for him to shift in the monologue that had to do with what he was getting from me none of which were true when we got there Hmm. um and i don't you'd have to ask him what they all were but were you giving him less than he thought you would in it's, the sense of being more guarded in your in your reactions? Some. Yeah. Some was less. 
some was um, he just says he could see, and I was uh, not to tout myself, but I was incredibly present, and I thought a lot of different things as Kim when we went through. When you mm -hmm. say like, does she discount the story? Not entirely. Are there moments that sound sweet? Are there moments that ring true? I thought. I did a lot of homework on that one as far as, are there portions of this story I've heard before where it's like, oh, right, the store. And um, oh, yeah. I do remember him saying something about money being missing. Like, are there yeah. portions that I've heard different versions of? Right. And I'm wondering which one's the truth. Is there a middle ground? And there's this entire other agenda that's like, I'm here to find out that I'm not a pawn and that I have a chance in the firm. And I'm so uncomfortable. And I, and I did think a lot, like, I... Um, I loathe that you're taking your position of power to sit here and tell me a shit story about Jimmy when I'm here to talk about my job. Yeah. It just mm -hmm. pisses me mm -hmm. off. So every time she's a little sucked in, I, uh, I deal with that. And I take all my cues off him. I remember like holding the, they said, you're going to be drinking coffee. And they gave me the coffee. And I was like, I looked around at this office. I'm like, I don't even know how much his coffee table is supposed to cost. It's in Chuck's <laughs> office. And so I wait. I watch the whole beginning of the monologue. I'm just watching him to see if it's okay to put things down without coasters. Wow. Um, I was like, oh, damn. Oh, that's great. <laughs> he finally wow. said, yeah, oh, right? I love that. Um, that's awesome. Shit, I hate to admit I didn't notice that. That's, that's fantastic. No, but it's, it's, not that's a, fantastic. it's there, though. I love that's that. Great. It's there. It's just like, and I bet you so more attentive people noticed. Uh, now now that, I want to watch it I loved every reason she didn't talk in that scene yeah. every everything it was as good as having a monologue on my on my part mm -hmm. every time I decided not to speak because that's all that is and mm -hmm. um I believe there's an amazing Michael Caine video that people make fun of acting on film where he says like you're never not talking you're deciding why not to speak mm. and that's as oh, powerful the decision um, that's a great moment line. that's a great line so you're never not time. to say that again you're never not you never just it's not like he would play background characters and would complain I think when he was doing Shakespeare uh, a bunch of Shakespeare plays and um, and uh, they would say like no 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 even the spear carrier decides not to speak why every moment is a decision why you didn't and that's as rich of a life as wow. speaking the whole time um, so talk a little more about something you said a minute ago I get I'm not an actor but I get how even if you are like in this scene Michael's character is doing most of the talking and yeah. and uh, Kim is listening deciding not to speak right or deciding if or when to speak so I get that you are doing something every second and you are uh, a 50-50 scene partner with him even though he's doing all the talking. But how does that work with a, mo with a monologue out to the audience? What are you getting back from an audience in a theater situation? It's, um, have you done theater? No, no I'm not an actor, um, no. But you've spoken to audiences, even the talking solid. Yeah, okay. There's a live yeah. audience and stuff like okay, that. Okay, I've done that, um, yeah. They so I know you felt from an audience uh, a shift in energy. Whether yeah. they are, yeah. are they can they hang tough with sarcasm? Are they or getting bored? Are, are they, they getting bored? Yeah, um, yeah. Now you can't change the play you're doing if you are doing a direct address and monologue. But there's a um, if things are more of an aside and a conspiratorial, uh, conspiratorial tone, um, and we're in this together, that's yeah. a different way to speak to an audience than um, to chide them or to teach them. Um, to warn them, you know, if you're like the Cassandra and something. And so you take that and then the audience becomes a collective scene partner. And uh, and I'm tr I try really hard and I'm not there yet. Um, Jonathan Banks says, I see it when he uses the camera as his scene partner. Yeah. And I'm and I talk to him all the time because I, I, I wanna get there because I feel 
I know that feeling, and you can feel it when it happens with a camera that's the same as the audience, where they are the oh. last scene partner you know, here. I, I got to wow. tell you, I think you're... Um, not the guy this, behind the camera. But but no, this, the we, audience that's going to watch this. Okay. But right. we've talked about this, in, not in those words, but we've talked about this in the editing room, because one of the things I love uh, personally on the show is when... Uh, you see a character's thought process, and maybe nobody else is watching. We're yes. just, we're ju it's just the camera, and that's and when you the audience have, is your scene partner. And you have moments, okay. you absolutely right. have it's moments the same like as that. Okay. You have moments like that in this episode, and not to ruin anything, but perhaps other episodes too. And we sat there, and the the, the words we always say is, "Ray is just so damn watchable," oh, right. and which I think is, but I mean, that's a very external way to put it. But I think it's really because you're using. The, and that's something I thought uh, Brian was, Cranston was great at also. It's just using. And Jonathan's the, great and at Jonathan, it. Jonathan, and Bob is great yeah, at it. They're all great. They're, they're just, well, but I'm happy but, to be but in that showing Thank that, you. Having, having a thought process that's just, it's, it's translucent to the audience. And it's mm. fascinating. It's funny. You could always see what Brian was that's, thinking that's when he was playing Walt. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what yeah. this is. That's yeah, what I this is. And that's, and that's, uh, I, I absolutely, that's so, just so you know, independent confirmation. Uh, I think we we feel like you're you're, you're definitely doing that. Oh, uh, both, in the, it. both in the montages, but also other other places wow. too. I uh, mean, there's there's a, a perfect example of that backing. You know, I know we're not going scene by scene, but backing out of the scene with Chuck mm -hmm. that comes on the heels of when they think you should be celebrating because you brought in Mesa Verde to as a client, this big billing bank, and when Howard just stabs you in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> and leaves you out there. You want to talk about watching someone go, not just a thought process, but an emotional process yeah, yeah. of just the weight of all of that. And there's nothing happening. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> ostensibly, it's just a person standing outside of a building. But there's so much going on oh, to what you were saying. No, it's, it's, a, it's such a, a powerful, it's, it's, very powerful. It's, really, it's really upsetting. And it comes, it comes on the heels oh, of this good. great montage, which is just like we're, you're getting things done and you're, you're making things happen. And then there's that amazing wide shot when she finally gets the call. That's that, right. That in the basement. It's yeah. such a beautiful shot. And uh, oh, yeah. it's almost like an old Western. Like it's, it's like wider it, it than looks CinemaScope. Like two, three, five, one. Yeah. It's really it brave. Yeah. Most people wouldn't do that on television. It takes up only a third of the screen. Yeah. It's it's mm. gorgeous. It's a great shot. And you know. and it, it, it I wish I'd, I'd seen it, you guys. It sounds great. Well, you know, <laughs> well I just watched it again. It gave me chills. Part of what Chris is talking about, You're going to love it. Part of what Chris is talking about, and I don't want to make you self conscious, but it's because you're acting with your whole body. You know, it's and yeah. this is because you're is, tiny in frame. Yes, you're tiny in frame, yeah. but you what you're feeling and where what you're going through is is crystal clear. And that's one of the things that that I think we one of the reasons we like to sometimes have the uh, the shots a little looser mm -hmm. than you see a lot in tell frankly movies too, where where t that people tend to shoot as as tend to shoot chokers just oh, on yeah. the face yeah. like yeah. like everything that's important is between oh, the eyebrows so and the chin oh, yeah. and it's what you, tv was for yeah. years yeah. Yeah. yeah but you you and, and the rest of the cast in this show have you know do things with your feet and your hands and, and, and I, I know i would imagine it's not a mistake that you've hired a bunch of theater uh trained people and i don't mean that to sound elitist i just mean that you literally have to tell the same story mm -hmm. with a slump of the shoulders mm -hmm. if you're playing a giant house as mm -hmm. you do with one tear coming out in a small black box theater and so uh most mm. of us have been stage performers you know what uh, i mean like you yeah. have you yeah. have to tell the story yeah. if you've ever done in the round theater uh i did all my sons i remember and there was 
there's audience on four sides mm -hmm. and okay. you're not supposed to just jip a fourth of the audience out of and right. people are yeah. moving constantly uh -huh. yeah. but you're it's not overacting but it is living in your whole body mm -hmm. for sure um and i love that stuff and for years it was just never on camera what i'm doing with my hands okay. yeah. so it's it's a pleasure to get to do it um in those wide moments i love that you guys do that i remember seeing um Shortcuts, uh, Robert Altman's mm. Shortcuts, and Jack yeah. Lemmon's character in it, and uh, the dad that comes back um, who desperately wants a relationship with his son, but it's right when his grandson has gotten in a car accident. It's like the worst time mm -hmm. possible, and he's in the hospital, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. He walks off at the end, and um, instead of this, it's Jack Lemmon's face. Of course, it'd be a great time for a close-up of his. Yeah. He's, he's dejected at the end and rejected, and it's done, and you know this man's just going to die alone, and it's horrific. Um, but all they do is like they, he just takes his cap off and turns around and walks out the hospital doors by himself and his shoulders just he just ages like 30 years mm. in this mm. wide and you just ball and it, it's I've, they never even showed his face and it was beautiful and I remember watching Breaking Bad and watching moments with Walter in some of those wides and I was like that's that thing. That's that thing where the story is better in the wide that you guys are doing that nobody's doing. Awesome. And it's beautiful. It's funny. The only thing I remember from Shortcuts is yeah. Julianne Moore's carpet no match and the drapes for 10 minutes. Yeah. Straight. <laughs> Which I enjoyed quite uh, That's a great a scene. <laughs> <laughs> We're all 14-year-old boys at heart. Right? But, I mean, everything you guys are talking about, the, the thinking, whether you're playing it with your body or you're thinking in your head on a close-up and the audience can see it and using them as your scene partner, um, yeah. it's, it's subtext. It's, it's the writing that you guys are doing is so specific to, to create a three-dimensional character. And then additionally, um, I tell people it's the weirdest, most magical balance to have meticulously crafted uh, language um, and then show up to set and and the expression is one of like freedom to like interpret the character. It's not like I'm not allowed to like add anything. It's mm -hmm. between the lines, on the lines. Um, for Bob and I, it's a ton in between because if you've known someone for 10 years, nothing's face value anymore. You can't mm -hmm. say nice dress without them being like, what's that mean? Are you flirting? Are you making fun of me? You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. So we play things, we go over our lines over and over so that uh, it's almost all subtext. Wow. There's barely anything left at face value in your mm. language at, at that level mm. of intimacy. That, um, you, I love how hard you think, how, how deeply you think about all this stuff. You and Bob. It's blissful like, to get to do it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> been, awesome. I've been saying for a while too that, that uh, I mean, people will ask me about, you know, if I'm interviewing for a job or, or having a meeting about editing and they always bring up Breaking Bad, you know, they always bring up, they always bring up the style and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it took us a long time to develop that style. It didn't just come overnight. I mean, you started it and then, you know, year by year we, we all added to it. But those wide shots to me are like, they're all about either loneliness or power. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you, you put a, you know, a small guy mm. in a big frame and, you know, many times it's about loneliness, but a lot of times it's about power especially in Breaking Bad. And to me, with this one, you know, it's all about, you know, yeah, she has been up against, you know, the the world trying yeah. to get this one call, and she got it, and now she's celebrating. So, you know, That's it's, well put. she's not lonely anymore. <laughs> this is a good time. to Yeah, it is. I, I You've mentioned that theory in the editing room, and I, th I think that's a very interesting take on it. I like the way you think about it. Speaking of which, speaking of uh, editing, that that – 
montage. There's crazy. That's the only thing I have seen. Yeah, you've seen Kelly's editing, and that is insane. There's two montages, and they're both. The whole thing is edited beautifully. The Gypsy Kings. The uh, uh, so you cut that second big, the longer montage. You cut it to the Gypsy Kings. Song. Gypsy Kings. Um, I can't remember how what it is in Spanish. Me Manera, something like that. Me Man. But the old uh, my, it's way. my way. It's, it's my, my way. way Frank, the, uh, the old Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Um, that was John Chivin's, uh, uh song. I mean, when I got um, when I got that footage, um, my first question whenever there's a montage is, you know, you guys started on Breaking Bad a long, long time ago picking tunes before when you knew there was a montage you would pick tunes oh even really? before but even before it started shooting hmm. i remember you definitely did that in 209 mm-hmm. which was you know the one where um the the guys get uh stuck out in the desert in the rv and have to cook the battery goes bad remember you remember that show right no i do but i i don't, <laughs> I don't remember picking the song in advance although i'll take your word for it uh, so much of well so it much was of picked in stuff. advance because she because michelle mclaren played it on the set but it but it mm. came from okay I, I'm, I'm 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 splitting a hair here but yes we did pick it in advance but we it came from uh came strictly from thomas oh G. yeah most of them do most of them do every every once in a blue moon we'll we'll uh we'll have an idea in the writer's room before we even talk to thomas about a about a song yeah but, I mean, but mostly it's all coming from and, thomas and, and yeah. even even then those often don't end up being what's what's in the show yeah that's it's, true there's that's been true. times when we came up with an idea that turned out to be impossible to get or maybe not even as right as what, what thomas yeah, came you, up yeah, with. What yeah thomas usually finds. usually when i get and see that there's a montage my first call is to uh, our our post producer Diane, did they did the guys pick a song? And she'll either say yes, and I have them for you, or she'll say, you know, I haven't heard. Then my next call is to Thomas Gulovich, our music supervisor. Hey, have the guys you know talked to you about this piece? Right. Um, and you know, more often than not, the answer is yes. But on this one. Um, I think there was just pitches made. Okay, yeah. Um, there were pitches made, and I think they were made sometime during prep. And then John Scheiben had his what he liked as well. Yeah. And but I remember this um, too that they I remember that I heard through the grapevine. I don't remember how I heard it, but I heard that they were thinking about shooting the this montage and also the one with just the phone calls maybe maybe not that one but i definitely on this one that they were going to shoot ray without sound and i was like ah, yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. it don't always do a mistake it. you always you never know when you need that don't do it you, you john, better know for damn sure you're not going to be yeah, using it it's i called john Chibin yeah. on i mean i just emailed him and i said hey can you call me hopefully it's not too late and i just you know without um uh being forceful or you know because i you know you never know what you guys have decided in your tone meetings and your prep and i never want to step on any toes but you know i'm always like uh have they thought this through really really well because we're very limited if if they don't um and so he said uh well we just thought that we'd just fill in and later and i said let me tell you it's so much better Mm -hmm. if you get this and so they did oh thank god they did yeah and then of course and of course ann wrote just a boatload of pocket dialogue yes. oh yeah uh, that was yes, great yeah. great <laughs> terrific so good it was really terrific. good stuff so yeah good. i like that one yeah that was me bourbon shots yeah right yeah i mean that was yeah that was that was interesting oh, because no i'm actually seeing someone yeah i'm flattered <laughs> but you know what yeah. actually just call the main office yeah, exactly. i love that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the other yeah that was the that was the one with no music 
Yeah, that's and the it one was funny the, because John, when he when when I talked to him, he said, "Well, I was sort of wanting to do that one like you guys did the one where Jimmy is calling around to the um, t- television stations right. to cover the billboard." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, you know, that one wasn't written to do that. We just did that. Right. Mm. We just split up all that all those phone calls, and we started moving Jimmy around that hallway, so it was like." sort of a cacophony of a lot of different phone calls Mm -hmm. and it wasn't written that way and he was really surprised because he thought that it was and Mm -hmm. i said no and um and i said you know we could probably do the same thing if you want to do that and that's exactly what we did and it was fun it's not easy to do that but it's fun you made it look easy it's fun but the the trick of having uh kim have having ray on camera talk when her mouth isn't moving you have you've seen I did this see one. that. It, was, it is. It's, it's really unsettling and yeah. interesting. I think yeah. that she was like, "What Comedic. the what am it took I watching?" Me a second. I yeah. love it. At, at first, hopefully, people for, won't for long think, "Oh, but boy, this thing really got out of sync." You know? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it doesn't no, look like a mistake. I don't think it looks like very quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I remember Brett came. I remember Brett, our, our AD, on that episode coming to me and saying that the idea was that they might have to shoot it without sound. I said, "What?" And like this was right after I'd memorized. All of those. So much dialogue. Ten, ten phone calls and then pocket dialogue for yes. five. No? No, I'm saying no way. Don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you in the moment. I, I, no, no, I can't I'm, believe, I can't I believe this. I can't believe this was even mooted because it's something. I, I, that, I never one thing, heard this. Yeah. One thing that we both learned is that you just never, and especially you never when know you what have, you're gonna need. especially when you have mm-hmm. Kelly Dixon cutting, right. uh, you just don't. And it, for instance, in um, in season one, there was a montage where Jimmy is Jimmy's in the courthouse that mm-hmm. I wrote, and I really pictured it being done without without hearing the dialogue. But yeah. then I wrote all that all that pocket dialogue just as Anne had to do, and surprisingly enough, there was actually a couple of good laughs in oh, there. Yeah. The, bo- the, the, bo- oh, the yeah. best yeah. laugh all oh, the troll, under, the a troll under a bridge. Yes, <laughs> stickers. I, I, be a stickers. Well, I mean, speaking, even- speaking <laughs> of laughs, I just I just ha- I I just don't want this podcast to end without us at least mentioning. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, DDA, uh, D-D-A-O- uh, D-D-A Oakley, uh, played played by, and I I I hate, hate to say it, I don't think I can pronounce his last name. Peter Peter Dessith. I'm I'm thinking it's either Dessith or Deseth, and we apologize, Peter. We I have we the other Peter sitting next to me, and I have not met the Peter in Albuquerque who plays the who plays Oakley the, the DA but he is you are so damn good man yes. he is so <laughs> he's, he's the guy in the restroom the guy in the restroom that's right he so, was I love that so scene good. so much wait don't, well, tell, don't tell me don't wait, tell me don't tell me don't tell me is it German is it German because I mean you're talking because he came out of 102 three different defendants he came out of that That you're talking about like opening up a rich life again yeah he feels yeah Petty with a prior he was so good yeah that could have just been the line of oh. all is, uh, is he hot, he hot young assistant. Oh, my assistant is a fine young man named Omar. Omar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, what a choice of a line. <laughs> yes. I know, and that it's was fantastic. all him. And that was all him. But he also, made some yeah, great choices. And we, we knew we wanted to, we, we hadn't really thought about bringing him back, but we heard from, actually, Bob said, based on the montage that they did in the one, the one other scene yeah. that they did in... Uh, in season one, he said, "This guy's really good." Yeah, and really good. I mean, we of, we loved him in the yes. previous episodes. Absolutely. It's not that we hadn't yes. thought about it. But no, or, or well, whatever. he just yeah. well, he rose. He yeah, rose. He rose, yeah. he rose through merit. I would say, the you know, cream the, rises to the cream top. rises absolutely. to the top. But the other the other thing about it is that the, we've got Jimmy in a very funny situation in this episode uh, and a couple others is that he's very uncomfortable. He's not happy 
Yet he really should be. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. on paper it all, all makes external sense. circumstance. Well, that's why he's got the car. So he's well. got the. He's got the apartment. He's got the girl. He's, he's got, got everything. Girl. He what, really. What's wrong here? Omar. Yeah, he's, he's got, got Omar. Everything. And, and he's got the Coca Bolo desk. And it's not sitting. It's not sitting quite right. And and so I, I felt. I think we all felt that uh, we needed to, to 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 have the other characters. He's he's kind of left behind in that in that uh, mm-hmm. in that world of the uh, of yeah. the courthouse. Yeah. Uh, point that out. And he, I I just I was so happy oh, with yeah. that scene. He did. You wrote the hell out of it, Anne, yeah, and and. Right. Really. And he is so funny. Not the two of them, though, in that scene together, I mean, they really elevated it. And it was really nice, and I think Bob really appreciated it, too, that to get so that our character has to get some perspective mm-hmm. on what what yeah. what he's going through yeah. at that moment because he is you know he's got this babysitter and you know especially someone like jimmy mcgill does not like to be uh you know tamped down yeah and so it, amazing by Jussie. yes so uh, and so that's funny. another she's another one um and uh and it was just it was you know because not only i do i think that the scene on its surface just it works well and is funny but that it really does illuminate yeah. hopefully mm-hmm. something yeah. for jimmy that you know it serves he, a purpose yes yeah. exactly so i think it works on a number of levels and uh, but no peter and i have to say you know when we were shooting it i mean we did it many many times of course and he just every single take he nailed it and he gave and he gave us different things each time you know he he gave us different choices each time and he was such a pro and he was one so nice well there was a lot of people there watching that yeah he would make different and like just like the omar line of like (laughs) omar he would make different choices often like yes. switching in a tiny bit yes. where it the result was always like a weird laugh as an audience member and then like what does that person do when they go home <laughs> who, who are you and, like, yeah, the great line reading is uh Oh yeah, that's vomit. <laughs> scumbag. He's uh, all scumbag. I want to also mention, uh, <laughs> and he's local to Albuquerque. I just yes. want to, just want to, yes. just want to so raise great. the Albuquerque yeah. flag yeah. there. We've yeah. had, we've had so such good. good, we've had such wonderful uh, actors, especially, especially, especially. Uh, Especially Peter. Can yeah. we mention also the woman who plays oh, the? Oh, I would. Thank you. I hey, love no, her. You, you go ahead. Uh, yeah. No, go me. ahead. You know her. You did the pilot. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Nadine Marissa, who plays the contract counsel administrator. She's so That's funny. a mouthful. Oh. The the lady behind the glass, the bulletproof glass. Oh, with the, the, with the beanie baby. glasses. She's so oh. she is so oh. damn funny. She was another. I one. die laughing just when she's just staring at him. Oh, I'm just dying. She is so damn funny. She was great in the pilot. It was so great bringing her back. And that the looks she gives, she's like. Her eyes are that beanie baby as it's being, mm-hmm. as it's being fought over. It's like, wait, oh I want my beanie the baby. The looks that she gives Jesse, who gives Aaron Brill, you know, the look of death when, you know, she didn't get the beanie baby. When so she took Do you know how away. much money is in beanie babies, by the way? Now? Nothing. Oh, I mean, no, I know. Well, I mean, if you're the dude who invented him, he owns, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, owns yeah. like all of Montecito. Or most of it anyway. Yes, I was. Which is I, a nice somebody town. Somebody took me to like a wine, a wine tasting, <laughs> yeah. um, or something, and like the gift store was full of Beanie Babies, which are slightly hard to find now unless you're like on eBay. So I was like, why are the? Be-? And they're like, oh, this is his winery or something. Mm-hmm. I want some of that Beanie money. <laughs> That's what I want. So um, I, we have to wrap this. <laughs> She's up. great, Nadine Marissa. Yeah. 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 We can't, great, we great can't wrap this up without mentioning Uncle Tio is back. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. That would have we would have been remiss indeed. Yes. Mm. Mark, thank Mark you. Gullis. Thanks for keeping us. So, uh, yeah, can you guys talk to us a little bit about that break? Um, you know, because I know that 
you know, you guys want to bring some of these characters back, but you want to bring it in a you you say in a very organic way. And it was I think it was just it was just totally natural. If you if you have uh, Tuco, Tuco's in trouble. He gets uh, he get he get he, who's going to come and bail him out. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be his his sweet his sweet warm loving uncle <laughs> uh, Uncle Tio and, and so it was and it's it's so it, I mean to me that is the essence of, of organic is once you yeah. have once you have uh, yeah. Tuco on the in the story in the in the story uh, then uh, why then it only makes sense that uh, the Tio will show up yeah. and uh, boy that is that scene that Ann wrote and it's it's just that is a masterclass. Mm. And we, we talked about that as being a little bit like the great scene in Heat. Yeah, uh, Michael Mann's Heat. Michael yeah. Mann's Heat with De Niro and Pacino. And you have these two, and these these two guys together are just, they're just magic. They That bums, this, uh, I, I will make it a brief aside. It bums me out so much. Cape Manolini's closed. It's, it was a great restaurant mm. here in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yes. And that's where they shot that, uh, uh, oh, really? where, where Michael Mann oh, did that yeah. scene uh, with Pacino and De Niro. And there was the table. That they sat at, you could sit at. We sat at that table a great many times and, and uh, ate a wonderful dinner and, and said, "Wow, this is where this is where Pacino was and then <laughs> De Niro was here." It's a and then it makes the food taste better. It's a little better. far from the freeway, though. I mean, they had to they had to really those two guys had to it's drive. A movie, they, they 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 they, <laughs> they, they, they kind of decide on the freeway. They're going to have uh, it's on the four hundred five, and then they're going to have they're going to go meet, and then they they drive a little bit. I thought it was on the seven ten. Maybe so. I don't it, it's, it's, but that's good. I think that it's, it's it shows you. Else. They had a helicopter you, too. It so. shows you. I think that De Niro really liked. I mean, the De Niro's character really liked that restaurant. Yeah. It's such a great scene, and this scene, back back to our thing. Yes, this scene made me think of that scene in Heat. I mean, having Jonathan Banks and uh, Mark Margolis together it was on, on foot, fun. also. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, ambulatory, speaking English. Yes. First time ever well, we've seen him ambulatory before, but we've never heard his character speak English before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Walking Tio. That was the that was the card. Walking Tio. <laughs> My question is, I'd I'd love to be neat to know from you know anecdotally from folks when people when do people realize it's to I, a, a fair number of people we've talked to who's you know not that many people as we record this have seen the episode but uh a lot of people who have noticed could tell it was him even when he's out of focus in the background when he hitches up his pants oh really yeah when he first comes in the door it's this great shot where uh mike is in the foreground sipping his coffee or whatever eating his breakfast and and you hear the, the, the this door opens and a guy way out of focus in the background comes in, and he's he's way out of focus, but he hitch he stops and hitches up his pants and oh. then keeps coming, oh. and it is it's and a lot of people we've talked to uh, the people who've seen it so far said I knew it was him when he wow. did that, which is great. I love, I love that. that. I love that too. It's a great great entrance. That's, That's a, yeah good. yeah. Well, good. and did the bell make the final mix? Not the one at the end, which I wanted, but I was going down. The one at the beginning of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It, there uh, was the, a bell. Yeah. The, bell uh, the bell made the final mix. Uh, one bell did, at least. Uh, we felt uh, there was originally two bells in there. Uh, we felt one, one, the last one might be gilding the lily a bit. So uh, We didn't want to end on a light moment. Yeah. Mm. Or or a, or a, or ironic. Yeah, a, a too a too purposefully a too willfully ironic mm-hmm. moment. Again. But you know, all this stuff is uh, is opinion stuff. There's no right or wrong to this kind of stuff. But oh, and uh, and uh, Kevin and Paige, Rex Lynn and Carol Pifko did a great job. Oh yeah, they're from They're the so great. Mesa Verde. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah. 
love them. I met I met Kara. I don't think I met Rex, I, but I, they both do a great I job. I met them both, and they're both they're both terrific. They're both awesome. Yes, they were both and lovely. You, that may not have been the last you'll see of them. Not to ruin anything. Perhaps. 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 It's a good uh, question. We should wrap it up. Yeah. Before we give him any more away. <laughs> yeah. Future episodes. Do, you think, do you think we'll see Tio again? No. No, no I never. think that was it. Never. It I think that, like was that was it. it. Wow, it was just kind of it was move. kind of a cameo. <laughs> 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 you know, it's uh, you know, it all got wrapped up pretty 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 uh, you know, right. pretty beautifully, yeah. I think, in that last scene. So uh, <laughs> I can't I can't foresee any more no. trouble. There could be no no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants trouble in their dramas? <laughs> I think that we should do this a little differently. We should have somebody around the table just do a better call Saul as if they were Bob. What do you think? I don't know. I think Bob's is so, it's just such a nice button to the end of the thing. Know, Nobody but, can do it quite as well as him. Yeah, but, you know, let's try something new. What do you mean? We want you to Is take us out by just saying better call Saul. But you got to do it in your best Bob Odenkirk. I cannot do Bob's voice. Can you? <laughs> no, I, I can. Well, you're you're the you're the you're the talent here. You're the actor. Sir. <laughs> I'm an actor. Here, here. While while we while we while we wrap My this forger, up, start thinking about it. Okay, because you're gonna do it, and I want you to do it. Okay. Okay. So uh, this was episode 205, written by Ann Cherkis and directed by John Chibin, uh, called Rebecca. Uh, I want to thank everybody, Chris, Vince, Peter, Ray, Ann. Thank you guys for coming in thank on you. a thank Sunday. You. Thank That's you right. very much. And thanks for listening, too. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back uh, next week with episode 206. Ooh, that's a good one. Vince likes to say, ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. They're all, they're all, <laughs> they're oh, all yeah. good. Ooh, that's a good one. That's my favorite. Oh, oh yeah, that's my the favorite. The risk of oh, sounding. I'm just kidding. Um, um, there and, might be complications. Who knows? And so, uh, so Ray, in your, best, in your best Saul Goodman. Oh, no, no, no. I thought it was just going to be me. I thought... I can't do Saul Goodman at all. Oh my God! Like, do you, do you do this to directors do, on the set when they it, say, "Do it no, action"? They say, "Do Saul <laughs> Goodman action." Better call Saul. Yeah! Yay! <laughs> that's great. Yay. That's quite fun, don't you think? That's fun. That I think that's fun. Yeah. That